Ciao, my name is Umberto Mucci and this is We Italia News, a podcast about Italy during coronavirus times. Today is Monday, May 9, 2022. The Covid situation in Italy continues to be quite stable with a small trend towards improvement. No region is classified as high risk, three regions are classified as moderate risk and the others are classified as low risk. Things are stationary, but once again it must be recorded how the consequences of Covid are many, even indirectly. The legacy of Covid is very heavy for specialist activity and was not only felt in 2020, but also in 2021 with 34 million fewer specialist visits. As if in 2021 more than one in two Italians had given up making a necessary medical visit. If in the year before the arrival of the coronavirus 2019, in all about 226 million specialist visits had been made, in 2021 the figure was 192 million, that is a reduction of about 15%. If we consider that in 2020 it was even down to 162 million services, we get that in two years we have lost almost 100 million visits an enormous number that does not take into account all the other activities that have slowed down, such as laboratory and radiological exams and surgery, especially scheduled surgery. Another aspect to be taken into account are waiting lists. In the last two years they have grown a lot in all the regions and probably many more people than before have turned to private facilities and professionals to make visits. If we look at how things went in the various regions, we see, as always, great differences. What is surprising is that among the only two that instead of reducing the number of services between 2019 and 2021 have seen an increase, albeit slightly, by about 55%, there is Campania, which usually in healthcare has many problems. The other region that has good data is Tuscany, the one that is worse off in percentage terms is Basilicata. Yesterday was Mother's Day and on the occasion of this date was published a study that explains how on this topic in Italy there is so much to do. There are about 6 million moms who are divided between work and family loads. 42.6% of mothers between the ages of 25 and 54 are not employed and 39.2% with two or more minor children are on part-time contracts. Women's work is synonymous with precariousness. In the first half of 2021, only slightly more than one permanent contract out of 10 involved a woman. The, stu the study also explains the value of the Italian regions where being a mother is more or less simple, with the northern regions at the top and those in the south, though lower in the ranking, recovering at least in the area of early childhood services. According to this study, in Italy, mothers are continually searching for a balance between family life and work, often without support and with an important burden of care, aggravated in recent years by the pandemic. In fact, women are choosing motherhood later and later. In Italy, the average age at childbirth of women reaches 32.4 years and are having fewer and fewer children. 1.25 is the average number of children per woman in Italy. In 2020 alone, more than 30,000 women with children resigned, often for family reasons and also because they were not supported by services in the area, which were either lacking or too expensive, such as nurseries. This is the um, tinted issue on which we should quickly make the necessary reforms to reach acceptable levels, because those of today are just not. 
There are five Italian destinations, including in the 2022 ranking of the 40 most beautiful beaches in Europe, drawn up by the British newspaper The Guardian. Each of these locations has its own character. The choice is articulated. They range from the Riviera del Conero in the Marche region to Sperlonga in the Lazio region, from Punta della Suina in Salento, which is a part of the Puglia region, to Calamosca in Sicily and Sacolonia in Sardinia. All beautiful places I strongly, strongly encourage all of you to visit. And still, on the subject of the wonderful nature we have here in Italy, uh, the new census of Italian trees has been published, and here too there are many extraordinary excellences. The granddaddy of all trees in Italy is 4,000 years old, an olive tree from Santo Baltolo Luras near Olbia in Sardinia. The largest is a well-placed fig tree with a circumference of 3,600 meters in the middle of Villa Garibaldi in Palermo. The tallest measures 59 meters, as much as building of about 20 floors, and it casts its shadow in Cernobbio in Villa Erba, one of the most beautiful places in Lombardy. There are over 4,000 monumental trees listed in Italy to date. In the first census in 1982, there were about 1,000. In the penultimate one, 3600. The new ones are not exactly new trees because in order to be considered monumental, a specimen must meet certain requirements. The value linked to age and size, where circumference, height, width and foliage count, a certain bearing, botanical rarity, historical, cultural, religious, ecological and landscape value. They increase because there is someone who looks for them, finds them and discovers new ones every day. Merit mainly of Italian citizens, explorers of urban green and not, the notebook and smartphone in hand mark species, positions, coordinates, take pictures and then report them to the municipalities. Priverno in the province of Latina in the Lazio region is the city that has the most, the 59 specimens, while in first place among the regions is Sardinia with 410 specimens. Some of these trees are protagonists of stories known all over the world. The legend of one of the giants of Apulia, the olive tree of the crucifix in the natural reserve of Torre Guaceto, is linked to a storm, a shipwreck and a rescue. Still in Apulia it is said that Frederick II found shelter with his army during a storm under the oak of the Hundred Knights of Tricase in the province of Lecce. And at the oak of the witches of Capanori in the province of Lucca in Tuscany, the fairy tale has it that the puppet Pinocchio was hanged to steal his gold coins. During the most important Italian international agri-food fair in Parma, the president of the region Emilia-Romagna announced that his territory will host an international university of food, after having done so for the automotive sector with the creation of the motor vehicle the University of Emilia-Romagna, the region will launch the University of Food together with the four regional universities. Bologna, Modena e Reggio Emilia, Ferrara and Parma, the lead university for the project in the UNESCO Creative City for Gastronomy. It will be a unique experience in the world that will attract the trained professionals in the food sector, young people from every country, together with the largest agri-food companies. Emilia-Romagna is the region in Europe with the highest number of EGP and DOP products, which boasts culinary excellence exported and known worldwide. Just to mention the most famous ones, this is where Parmigiano Reggiano, Prosciutto di Parma, Balsamic Vinegar of Modena, Mortadella Bologna and Grana Padano come from. The annual ranking of the most influential countries in the world of culture has been published. 
Italy is first as culture influencer. According to the words of the report, that means that Italy is the first among the countries that command cultural influence, often synonymous with fine food, fashion, and easy living. These countries are trendsetters, the country equivalent of the cooler older sibling. The products have that certain je ne sais quoi that makes them fly a little faster off the shelves. Their music, television, and movies are absorbed by other cultures, becoming part of a wider global conversation. These countries are leading the way in art, fashion, and entertainment. And the most important country among these ones is Italy. France is second, the United States are in third place. It's all for now, it's all for today. Thanks for listening and watching. My name is Umberto Mucci, this was with Italian News. I'll see you next Thursday. Ciao from Rome.